All right, I was thinking about this, and then I had a slight conversation with, with, with somebody and about preaching. It's like, my thought is, why do we preach? Yeah. It's like, why, why do we preach? What, what is preaching? It's, it's, it's like, it's kind of weird to me because it's like I'm thinking um, every way to, in every way to God, to get to God, God chose preaching to invoke faith. But it also, I was, I was looking at it, it's actually God's way of extending his grace. And it's, and it's God's way of, 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 okay, we gather to be in the presence of those who believe, but we also gather expecting from God. Everybody say amen to that. And, and then God uses preaching to address his church. He uses someone to address his church on his behalf. And I'm thinking Jesus could have been anything when he was put down here, but you know what? God made him a preacher. Jesus was a preacher. I mean, he could have been a politician. He could have been a prince raised in the palace to make, he could have, you know, I think he could have made a big difference that kind of way. He could have been uh, uh, born in some, uh, 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 he could have been born in the house of Caesar or something. But no, uh, God made him born of a peasant and then put the ability to preach inside of him. And I'm thinking, man, but to me, I'm like, man, preaching seems so, I'm like, and I'm one of them dudes, but it's kind of like, why do we preach? And then I, had, I just looked at it, because someone was saying, well, you know, I don't really go to church. You know, I, I don't really, you know, need that, because I, you know, I kind of study on my own. And, and I'm like, and that's, that's so dangerous, because for two reasons. One, you can develop your own theology. Everybody say amen. And then two, without, without someone speaking to you, don't come to my church, but when you find a church, when, with, with, Without someone speaking to you, you'll never, know the, you, you'll never know the heart of God. You'll never know the tone in which God, you see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is the spirit of God, is, it goes through someone to provoke faith, but it also is his way of, of dispensing his grace, and, and, and it's, it's, way, it's, it's his way of addressing the church. So that's why we preach. And you ever heard the term, oh, don't preach to me. No, you need somebody to preach to you. All right? Some might be a little calmer than others. Some might be a little uh, better than others. Some might be a little more adventurous. But you need someone to speak to you. That's why so many churches, because people go and they, they try to find the person that speaks to them. You know, because I realize something. I, I'm not for everybody. I'm, I'm, too, I'm too much. You know, so, so to some people, I might be too much, but to other people, I might be a breath of fresh air. Everybody say amen to that. I don't know. But it's like, the, the, why do we preach? So I was thinking about this 1 Corinthians, Chris. 1 Corinthians uh, 1 and 18, I believe. For the message of the cross is foolishness to wait, those wait, who wait are minute, perishing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oops, sorry. There <laughs> For the message of the cross is foolish. To what, Chris? To those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of it's God. Like, listen, this preaching we do about the cross, it don't make sense to people who are lost. In fact, it's foolish to them. Think about trying to tell someone who, don't know, who doesn't know God about God. What do you say? Well, you know, God, 
created everything, when he spoke everything to existence, then he, his son, he had a son because, you know, Adam and Eve fell because they hung out with Satan and Satan tricked them. And so then what happened was man fell and then sin came into the world. And so then what happened was, what happened was God had to send his son because he's the only one who can pay, pay that penalty for sin. And, and now because we believe that he was died on our behalf and he was buried and he resurrected again. Don't that sound crazy? Think about it. If you don't know what you know and someone's trying to tell you that, you're like, what kind of movie is that? <laughs> you know, but it's, it sounds foolish to those people who don't know. But to us who are being said, it is the power of God. Amen. It says this message that we preach is powerful to your life. Amen. Come on. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of the intelligent will frustrate. He says, now listen, for it is written, I'm going to destroy the wisdom of the wise. The intelligence of, see, I'm going to frustrate those who think they know too much. Come on. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Yep. Where is the philosopher of this age? He's saying, listen, where is the person that is very wise? See, wisdom a lot of times blocks God. When you're dealing with a very smart person that's very analytical, it's hard for them to get the concept about God. Kimberly, Maurice always comes to mind. Uh, Maurice was like a father figure to me. He's an engineer I used to work with. Loved him. He loved me. Still, still love each other to this day. And, and, and Mo, I used to call him. Man, I'm like, one day, Mo, I'm going to get you to realize this is God. Because Mo was like, no, it just doesn't make sense. See, too smart, too analytical. And then finally I got on one day. We got into a situation, and it worked out, and he went, thank God. I'm like, gotcha. See, smart people, it doesn't compute. It doesn't make sense. So to them, it's frustrating to them. And then it says, where is the teachers of denominational thought and religious practices? I, I'm going to frustrate them too. Where is the philosophers of this age, the people who, who just believe life is just has its own system and its own way of working? And, and, and God says, I'm going to frustrate them too. Hallelujah, somebody. So what, what being too wise or too smart being teachers of, 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 of the law or practices of, of, of denominational thinking and all that, and then those who just use philosophy, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? He says, I, I, all that, just, all that, none of that's going to save you. I'm going to use the foolishness of someone preaching the gospel to save people. So you know why God has people preach? Because no one will be saved. Because that's how he dispenses his grace. Hallelujah. For salvation. So one says, I don't need that. No, yes, you do. Hallelujah, somebody. See, we're not going to come here. So you don't come here so you can emotionally be stimulated or so your conscience will feel better that you went to church today. No, you come here wanting to be around those who fellowship, hallelujah, in the worship of God. And then you come with expectation of God addressing the people dispensing his grace, hallelujah, dispensing his knowledge with the, with, the, with, the, with the ferocity in which he wants it to be done. So you got to have some clown like me telling you. 
And a lot of you know the Bible, right? But it's like you, you read the Bible and then you'll read a scripture and I'll read a scripture and you go, I didn't think about that. Amen. See, that's God dispensing his grace. Hallelujah. I'm not better than you. He's just using me at this moment. All right, all right. I like that um, vessel. Next verse. For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. Uh -huh. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. He says, so listen. <sighs> He's saying God was wise and decided not to let the people of this world use their wisdom to learn about him. Instead, this is my translation. I'm translating this for you. God chose to save only those who believe through the foolishness of preaching. Amen. See, even God is saying it's foolish. Somebody's standing up here telling you something about the Bible, and God says, I'm going to use that. That's the way people will be saved. Amen. Uh, see, you're, I'm, I'm saying people aren't going to be able to figure it out on their own. I'm going to use the foolishness of preaching the gospel. Hallelujah, somebody. Because a lot of people are preaching, but they're not preaching the gospel. I'll get to that later. To save those who do what? Who believe. And, you, and you're saying, man, that sounds so silly that I'm believing in, I believe in this story that actually happened, I guess, because I wasn't there. And then someone preached this thing to me. And then now I believe and now I have faith and now I walk in this way and now I trust God and now I'm learning more about God and now I put my life in God's hands. Look what you did. That's, that doesn't make sense because of some, what someone told you. Yeah, that's the way God planned it. When I, when I got saved in that tent that night, I don't remember really what was preached other than the gospel. Because, see, back then, you know, there was a lot of theatrics, man. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and, but one thing, I, one thing that preaching made me realize is that I was a sinner. And that Jesus would take away my sin. Because I was a very good sinner. Everybody say amen. And then if he takes away, you mean to tell me that I, you can't get to God by, by just not being that bad? See, because I wasn't that bad. I was bad, but not that bad. I mean, I wasn't put, the, put in prison bad. Everybody say amen. So I'm like, so usually people think that, don't they? I'm not that bad, so therefore how would God send me to hell? Well, he's not going to send you. You send yourself because he gave you a way out. And the gospel says that the Christ, hallelujah, amen. has come to take away your penalty for sin, and you won't know that unless someone preaches that to you. Amen. So when your friends and your relatives go, oh, stop preaching at me, keep preaching to them. That's the only way they're going to get it. Amen. They're not going to get it on their own. The only way, other way they'll get it is if Jesus walks through the wall and sits down on their bed and says, hey, it's me. Amen. Why? Because God has ordained preaching. Amen. He says, now, through the foolishness of what was preached to you, you believe. That's the way God planned it. I've been in church so long, I get tired of preaching. It's like, I, I, I guarantee you, I, I have never heard a new sermon. I've heard too much word. I, I've been in this thing a little too long. And, and so I'm never going to hear some new story. Oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. No, I, I knew that was in there. But, but, but still, I get something out of it. You know why? 
because it's going through the filter of whoever God is using. Everybody say amen. amen. And now God is dispensing his grace. And he's, he's addressing his people through someone. So therefore, I heard that a many, million times. I still get stuff out of it because I go, man, the anointing gets on top of it. Amen. Everybody say amen better than that. Chris, come on. Jews demand signs and Greeks look for wisdom. It says Jews demand that they see signs. I need to see a sign that there's a God and a sign that this stuff works. Don't look for no signs. Knowing, it says to believe in your heart. All right, all right, all right. Trust the Lord with all thy heart and lean not to your own understanding is what the Bible says. So my thing is, you're not, look, you're not going around going, Lord, give me a sign, Lord. No, you need a word. Lord, give me a word. Everybody say amen. And the only way you might get a word, sometimes you need a word because somebody has to preach it. And then sometimes Lord will speak directly to you. Everybody say amen. So my thing is you need to come here, my big mouth, because you'll get a word. And, and, and the thing is you're not looking for signs. And it says the Greeks look for just something spectacular, something that, that wows them theologically sound or something that just, oh, causes their intellect to spark. And I still don't do what they told me in school. They gave me the form of thinking. They, they helped me with doctrinal thought. They helped me to, to try to put things together. I give it that. But other than that, God used He dumps stuff into me. It goes through my filter out to you. And hopefully in a way that everybody in here can get it. Because how many times you've been to church and you went, What? How many times you went to church and you walked out and don't know what they were talking about? How many times you went to church and went to sleep? So my thing is, we're not Jews who are looking for signs, and we're not Greek who just looking for some spectacular show. Hallelujah, because that's church today, people. Don't get me started on that. I'll be all day. Come on. But we preach Christ crucified. Yeah. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. So, but we preach Christ and Him crucified. The Jews can't get past that. They, they, it's just, it's just, it's, they just won't get it. And then it's stupid to people who don't know God. That's why you can come into a church and you, and you can have, you can bring 150 people in, and I guarantee you. That's why the, Jesus always says, he that has an ear, let him hear. Everybody don't have an ear. And to some people, it's still foolish. The preaching has not got into the system yet. It hasn't sparked faith because faith comes by hearing. They hear him by the word. And how can they hear the word unless someone is sent to preach it? Amen. So that's why we preach. Is we preach because if we don't, we don't, but we got to preach Christ crucified now. See, now, now we preach that your life be happy, that everything is blessed, and that you'll have a lot of money, and then if you serve God, you'll have this perfect life. You have never heard me preach that. You can have all that, but that's up to God. But when I'm, a pre what I'm preaching is that life is going to kick you in the lower region. Everybody say amen. And when it does... Thankfully, we have Christ crucified. Amen. 
what I preach is that one day all of us are going to see God face to face, but we have Christ crucified. You know what? That life's going to keep coming your way and everything might not go the way you planned it, but you have Christ crucified. Hallelujah. And now that you believe, hallelujah, hallelujah, that's why you seem foolish to your family when you tell them, I'm not worried about that. And they go, why aren't you worried about that? Because it's foolish to them. And then those people who are religious, you can't get it through to them because why? It's a stumbling block to them because they still believe to heaven based on what I do or what I don't. Amen. I'm doing all right? Okay, you guys listen too much. Come on. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It says, but to those whom God has called, both Jews, Greeks, Our message is God, power, and wisdom for the Jews and for the Greeks and for the people that he has chosen to hear it. You know you guys are chosen? When you realize you're chosen, you give God more glory. Amen. Because he could have not chosen you. And you chose me to what? To hear the message. So you're saying, Kenny, God's dictating who goes to heaven and who goes to hell? What I'm saying is God knows everybody's heart. He knows who will respond to the message. That's why he had you in the right place to hear the message. Amen. Oh, that goes to show. Why should parents don't send their kids to church, but they, they should go to church also because, and take their children. Why? Because you're not even giving your children a chance to hear I feel bad when I see, uh, oh, you see all these kids who never go to church. We pull out the stuff, chick kisses, ride and bite and everything. And I'm like, would you give your kids a You don't believe, but would you give your kids a chance? And the only way they're going to believe is if some teacher somewhere tells them. Mm-hmm. That's the only way they're going to develop faith. Take your kids. Even though you've given up, even though you don't have faith, and even though you don't believe, you're going to put that on your Give your children a chance. Amen. I don't know why I went there, but. Let's go to the next one, Chris. What is it? We're moving on. Moving on. Titus, <laughs> one and one. Come on. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. This says Paul saying, man, writing this to further your faith, hallelujah, to the elect of the people who have the, of the knowledge of God. I'm, I'm writing this to, to make you stronger, to give you a little bit more information. Come on. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. He says, listen, I'm doing all this and I'm giving you this knowledge and hope that you will realize that eternal life is yours because God doesn't lie. He's promised this to you from the beginning of time. Come on. And which now at his appointed season, he has brought to light through the preaching. It and says, trust- now he has brought these things to light through not just you reading it, how many times you read the Bible before you joined the church and you didn't get it? He says, no, why? Because at his appointed time, he's brought light to that by preaching it. Amen. He didn't say reading it. Amen. See, now after you've been preached to, now you can go home and you can read. 
because knowledge has come to you, understanding has come, and faith has come, because you heard the word. So now that you've heard the word, now Paul is saying, I can add my knowledge to that, help you get knowledge so you can realize that this stuff really happened, that God in this pointed season has brought the light of all the story that he has about your salvation and the way you will see him one day face to face by preaching. And he says, it's entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. He said he has called me to preach. Listen, I realized something. God called me to preach. I didn't want it. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I still don't want it sometimes. Amen. I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. It's like, man, a baseball contract would have been so good. And then I'm thinking, God, I don't want to really do this. I mean, I want to love you, but I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want, to, I don't want, to, I don't want that responsibility. Just, just let me serve you. Let me serve you. And then I, every once in a while, I'll tell somebody out there about you. I don't want to do this. I don't want, I don't want it. I don't, I, I don't want no, no, no fanfare. I don't want no fame. I don't want none of that crap. Lord, I don't want to do this. I don't want people looking at me for this crap. And God says, that's why I chose you. I went to Bible school with a lot of people who aspired to be pastors. And you know what? Most of them aren't pastors. Most, most of the good pastors that I know are very reluctant. That's why God chose them. Because they real, he realized that you give me glory, you won't take it from me. Anybody who's come, I had this young guy come up to me and go, man, I just really inspired, I just really want to be a pastor. I'm like, you're stupid. Why would you want this? And let me tell you a secret, son, you'll probably never be it. Yup, Amen. Because you know what, uh, dude, God wants your heart, and God always wants glory, and, and, then, and people, we tend to steal God's glory when we do this. And that's why we get superstar preachers. And they got all these followers and all this following. And God says, no, listen, I want the ones who, you know, you know what, just give me your heart, and, I, and I'm kind of like this. Okay, God is saying, who will I send? Okay, God, send me. Amen. Do you know when he told the prophet that? send me, he, told, he sent him to fail. He said, he looked around and says, I don't have anywhere to go. The, the, the prophet says, send me. He says, okay, I'm going to send you and preach to them, but they're not going to listen. He told them, you are going to have an unsuccessful church. I wonder how many pastors out there now, if you told them that, they would do what God said. That's why I give you everything I have, whether it's 50 of us or seven of us. And then when I go on the road, I'm, I'm in front of hundreds of people. It don't matter because I'm doing this thing because God has called me. And if I help one person, I'm going to hear well done in heaven. Hallelujah, somebody. So here it is. He's saying, listen, I'm, I'm enlightening you. But he, at God's point, appointed time, preaching, preaching did it. Come on. Where are we going next? Back to 1 Corinthians. Let's go. 1 Corinthians, what, 15? 15. 15, 1, let's go. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you. He said, listen, brothers and sisters in Corinth, I'm going to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand now. Amen. He's saying, listen, 
I'm going to remind you of this, this preaching that I did, not the words you read alone, but the preaching that you got. Now you make your stand based on what? The preaching that you got. Because what? Faith comes by? Hearing. God planned it that way. Everybody say amen. Come on now. Next verse. By this gospel you are saved if you fold, hold firmly to the word I preach to you. He says, now by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word that I have preached to you. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You're believing in vain. Amen. He said, listen, you got to hold firm to it. I pray this. I pray when you guys come and, I'm, and my scratchy voice is, is, is coming across to you. And I pray when you're out there, you hear my scratchy voice in, in the middle of your day. <laughs> I pray you hear my scratchy voice when you, wake, when you wake up in the morning. My scratchy voice before you go to sleep at night. My scratchy voice before you make that decision. My scratchy voice before you slap your kids. My, 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 my scratchy voice before you hit your husband in the head with a pan. <laughs> Not just the word, but the preaching of the word. Hallelujah, somebody. I pray when you get ready to give up and you get ready to quit, you hear my, my voice. Ugh. And you go, oh, I hear him. Preaching the word, not what I think. That's why we never come out of this. Never come out of this. You, you, you've been in places where they give you one scripture and then they tell you what they think for 45 minutes. I'm not saying it's not anointed. It, it could be. I'm just saying I like to stay in this because, you know, if I stay in this, they won't get as mad at me. <laughs> so I could be like, no, it's right there. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> he says, listen, you hold firmly because I preached to you the gospel. Next. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Now it says, now listen, this is very important. For what I received, I pass on to you. See, see, everything I get, I share it with you. I, it goes through my filter, though. And then it goes through my filter, and then it sounds gross, but I regurgitate it out to you in a way that hopefully knowing our house that we can get it. And, and it's like, man, but, but see, I'm never preaching something that I don't try to do myself. Amen. So it's like a lot of times I have to make sure it works through my system, then I give it to you. He said, listen, I, I, I receive, what I receive, I pass it on to you. And one thing I receive is that Christ died for our sins not according to my what I believed only, but according to Scripture. Now here it is. This is the New Testament. Paul is writing Scripture. He's, this is stuff that we're reading now. But everything that Paul preached was based on Scripture. He was, it was based on this forecoming of the Christ. Paul preached from Scripture even though he was writing the New Testament. See, he was going through a system, and now Paul is still preaching through me. Amen. Come on. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And see, it all goes back to the death, burial, and resurrection according to scripture. Amen. I preached to you scripture. That's why you, heard, you, that's why you hold firmly. Now, it's something about reading the scripture and it's something about being preached the scripture. 
Because you can read it 12 times, and then someone preaches to you, you go, oh. God has ordained that. Come on. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the 12. Okay, then here it is. He says Jesus appeared to Cephas, then he appeared to the 12. Come on. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living. He says after that, he appeared to 500 people, and they're still living. You can go ask them. Amen. That's the beauty of this. Paul is really, he's really saying something there. He says most of them are still living. Though some of them have passed away, you can still go find one that talked to Jesus after he was resurrected. Amen. See, because the story doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. God sent his son, and Mary had a baby, but not with Joseph. And he was born uh, on Christmas Day. We call it Christmas Day. And he was born, and then he paid. He had to die, though. And he died for our sin. And now we just believe it. We just believe it, and we're okay. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, they killed him, they buried him, but he came back to life. Sounds like a great movie. And Paul is saying, I know you struggle, so go ask the people who were there. Amen. Amen. All right, right, come on. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Then he appeared to James, then he appeared to the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me. And I was one who was abnormally born. I I felt like I was born wrong before my time see paul is saying he's giving us the concept of being born again he's saying that you know i I was i was born too early and then jesus came into my life and now i had to be born again i was i was born without him and now i'm born again but that was abnormal hallelujah he's saying the way i was born from my mom was wrong it was see because i was born in sin so it's like but now he came on to me, and I realized I was born abnormally. Now I'm born right. That's why you must be what? Born again? You, you have to literally, and I love what the, 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 the Pharisee asked him, can we go back into our mother's womb and be born again? He said, you must be born of spirit and of the water. You have to be born over again because you were born abnormal. How will you know that? Someone's preached it to you. (laughs) Come on. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle. Because I persecuted the church. Here's here's Paul. Paul is saying, I was a bad dude. I don't even know why he called me. He should have just killed me. I'm the least of the apostles. I don't deserve none of this because... Um, I was the one who persecuted the church. I hated Christians. I hunted them down. I even helped them kill Stephen. Paul has a, he has a total concept of grace and mercy here. He's saying, listen, I don't even, I'm the least of the apostles, but he, he wrote most of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. He didn't walk day to day with Christ. But he was so important that Christ came back to him personally and said, Paul, I need you. He, 
he didn't, he didn't walk for three years with, with Jesus, but I guarantee you he knew more than all the other disciples. He says, I don't deserve to be this. this next verse. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. He says, but by the grace, you don't deserve it either. And some of us think, man, God, I am not deserving of your love. Do you know what my past has been? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I do? Do you know how I think? Do you know how much I mess up? Do you know how much I don't believe you? And, it, and I love what it says. It says, but. You can always throw a but in there. <laughs> you will never be good enough. But Christ. <laughs> and him crucified, him resurrected. Hallelujah, somebody now. So it's, Paul is saying, I'm not good enough. And trust me, we're not good enough. And so God realizing no one's good enough send my son. He's the only one who be good enough. And then when he sacrifices, he'll take on all of your not good at nothingness. <laughs> you see how, see how, see how it formulates in your head now? So it takes this crazy story and it makes sense. Because I'm tired of you trying to work your way to heaven. You can't do it. So the only way you're going to get to heaven is because God said, I got a plan for you to go. And Jesus agreed. And now the Holy Spirit helps you. So none of us, Paul, we get it. None of us are worthy. But by the grace of God, I am what I am now. Everybody say amen to that. Everybody say it yourself. You are who you are. Say, I am what I am. I am what I am. You like Popeye. I am what I am, Jack. And the reason why is because, not because I'm the strongest person, not because I know the most, because God said, hallelujah, by dispensing his grace and his mercy and addressing me some kind of way through some preacher, now I understand how this thing works. I am what I want. I am his grace. He was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all the rest of them. Yet, not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul says, I outworked all the 12. I worked them all. I know I did. But it wasn't really me. It was the grace that God had used through me. Yeah. I work hard at this because, I, one, I hate my voice. One, I don't speak well. I really don't. And so I, I have to work. And, and the reason why is because I have a gift, but you have to work. Courtney's about to get really mad at me. I love Tom Brady. He's my man. Tom Brady's the best there was, the best there is, the best there ever will be. Stop it. And so, you know why? Because if you hear his coaches and his teammates, he outworks everybody. Even though he has talent, even though he has anointing, he still outworks. So you have stars and you have superstars. You know what's the difference between a star and a superstar? They're both gifted, but one outworks. Amen. So Paul saying, I worked harder than all of them. I worked all of them. I worked at this harder than all of them. Probably because he didn't walk hand in hand with Christ like the rest of them did, and they took it for granted. Amen. So Paul said, I got to work at this thing. I've outworked them all. I've outproduced them all. But it was really the grace of God. Amen. I was thanking God today for the rain going away. It's rain. I'm about to build me an ark, man. Amen. Can we do something with this 
It's like, man, I'm like, where we live in England? It's like it's just raining. Lord, come on, what's up with the rain? I can't. We went to a stupid hayride <laughs> Friday, and we're drenched. And I'm sitting there, I'm sitting on the hayride, looking at all these people trying to scare me, and I'm like, get out of my face, it's raining. <laughs> and we're soaked. I'm like, this is so miserable. I love being with my family, but I am like miserable. Lord, stop the rain. So today, when I sing Sunshine, I find myself going, thank you. And some people might say, well, the weather said it was going to change anyway. Well, you see, you're foolish. I'm going to say, I'm going to give God glory for the weather change. So you're the kind of person who just think getting up today was just a normal day. I'm the kind of person who get up and say, Lord, I thank you and praise you. Because my neck is killing me, and man, I'm rolling out a little slowly. But Lord, I still give you glory. I put my own clothes on. I was able to brush my teeth myself. Go work in one of the convalescent homes, and I bet you'll start giving them thanks also. See, I'm not, I told them in the back, man, I'm starting to give Lord thanks for the little stuff, man, Amen. that we just take for granted. Not, not, I'm not mad at you. We all do it. But it's like, man, I'm starting to realize, Lord, I give you glory for all of this. The Bible says, boast not of tomorrow. It might not be a tomorrow. It says, yet and still, you should say, Lord, if it's your will tomorrow. Yeah. So a lot of us already got plans for tomorrow. And the Bible says, you're making plans for tomorrow, you better hope God lets you do it. Amen. <laughs> I love the Bible. I love the Bible. I love to talk about the Bible. And I talk a lot of junk. So it, it, it matches. <laughs> Come on. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you he believe. He says whether it's them or whether it's me, this is what we preach, and that's why you believe. Amen. Amen. Thank you, so what are you saying? Can't, we, we can't believe without you? I'm saying you can't believe without God working through me. No. Amen. I didn't plan it that way. That's the way he planned it. So what happens when you're away for two months? Or what happens when you're away for a month? Or what happens when you're away for three weeks? Well, you, you miss something. You miss God addressing his Because that's this is the only time he does it. He can speak to you one-on-one -on -one when you're at home in your own studies, obviously. He can speak to you to, through conversation with others. Iron sharpers, iron, obviously. But he's caused this thing about preaching to do something else. It gives you a higher level of belief. And I'm thinking, it's so stupid. Somebody comes in here and is just talking about this, and I'm just supposed to believe? Okay. And then I'm thinking, well, it worked because I went into that tent not believing. I left out believing, and the only thing that happened was somebody preached the gospel. So why won't your mother believe? Well, you can't get her to church. Why won't your uncle believe? Can't get that knucklehead to church. Why won't your brother listen? Why won't your sister listen? Because you can't get them to church. And faith only comes by hearing. And he says, listen, the gospel that we preach has to be preached. Or you won't believe. He that has an ear, let him hear. It says it's foolish to those who don't believe. See how it works. Amen. That's why they're not believing. Even though you're telling them and you're telling them and you're speaking to them. And, and you know what? You can, they can hear the word of God through you. But man, they need somebody to preach it. Amen. Amen. 
That's why when I do funerals, it's my only chance to get someone to just, they might not ever step forth in the church, but right now they're here out of respect for a family and for whoever passed away, and this is my chance to get them to at least think about it. Where's your eternity going to be? I could be wrong about all this. This could be a story that we know. This could all be like Santa Claus or Easter Bunny. It can, Jesus can be in that level of thought. It can be, see, to most people, he is. It's just we don't really need that stuff. Or, yeah, I believe, but, you know, I'm okay, you know. But here's the thing. What if, what if I'm right? What if it really is this way? What if this thing really is? And I love what Paul said. Don't believe me. Go ask. Go find someone who's still alive and go, did you see Jesus? Yes. We can fly over there right now. We can get on the plane and go fly over there right now. We can see the tomb. We can see where they buried him. They haven't touched it. We can see the garden in which he prayed in. If you don't believe. But if you can't do that, God says, I'm going to send someone to preach. How can they hear unless someone is sent? And I'm like, why am I out here? Why are you? I remember before I came out here, why are you sending me out there? I didn't even know it was a there. There's no life past horror. Growing up on 7 Mile and hearing 34 Mile, you're like, get out of here. I remember, remember Aunt, we used to go horseback riding, and man, we, it would be a whole day. And I remember, man, I'm, we, we, we would ride, we would ride, so my uncles had horses, and I loved to ride horses. And we would go horseback riding on the weekend, and I think, oh, we got to make this long trip. We made a great day. And you know where we were going? Lapeer. <laughs> to me, Lapeer was Indiana. I ain't kidding. Why are you sending me out here? I guess to preach. I'm sending you out there with the avenue of working to get you there, but I'm really sending you to preach. Yes, Willow, yes. Yep. So now because of preaching the word, now hopefully, the, all these people, now their faith is increased. Now their knowledge and is increased. So now they go home and read it for themselves. It makes sense. Come on. So why do we preach? Whether it's me, whether somebody, we preach, you, you may believe. So that's why I'm, I'm like, why are we preaching? It's, people go, I don't want nobody preaching to me. Well, it ain't me. I didn't plan it that way. That's the way God planned it. So that's why we preach. So if I didn't preach, if I decided to shut up, you can go find another one. But God has ordained you all to be here. So since we're here, everybody say amen. We're here. So this is what, pre is, what is preached here. Is him crucified, him resurrected, him, him buried, him resurrected. What's preached here is that the personality of God has to be explained. What's preached here 
is that you and God can now become tight. You can, there's a way that you can not see God from a distance anymore. You can see him up close and personal. You can personally know who he'll personally know you. You'll personally know him. What's preached is that the Holy Spirit now is with you everywhere you go. And you never have to make another decision on your own anymore. What's preached is that he will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And it's what's preached is, I've never seen the righteous begging bread. What's preached is, you know what, if you, if you give, God will keep your windows open. What's, what's preached here is that love, if you don't have love, forget about how religious you are. That's why I never come out of the Bible. Never come out of it. Because Paul didn't. Even Jesus preached scripture. So if they did it, I got to do it. But the main reason is so people won't argue with me. You can argue with it. I mean, you're reading it. I mean, I didn't write this junk. I just preach it. So in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for the grace, the disposition of your grace and we thank you for addressing your people everybody say in Jesus name amen hallelujah